genre. the Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Nick Jimenez. And I'm Scott Corelli. And today on the show, we'll be discussing the two-parter, Rise of the Cybermen, and Age of Steel, the Tenth Doctor's sixth story. Uh, So this story uh, comes to us from uh, writer Tom McRae who had been trying to get um, a story on uh, Doctor Who uh, since it uh, first premiered back in 2005. Um, he'd been trying to get a story on. Uh, he and um, Russell T, are, uh, they, were, they were buddy pals. And mm-hmm. uh, Davies, meanwhile, um, had the idea of... Um, so he was, he was approached by Billy Piper, who told him that she did not want to return to the show for a third season. So uh, he started making plans uh, to write her out in a proper fashion. However, the chemistry and bond between Rose and the doctor was so strong that he knew that he, he had to, um, he had to basically uh, get rid of her in a permanent fashion. Yeah. Um, and knowing that he didn't want to kill her, he had to make it so – he had to create a situation in which the doctor and Rose could never uh, be with each other ever again for reasons. Um, and so having uh, Inferno as a source of inspiration, he decided to um, create a parallel universe that was very difficult to get into – uh, and use it to uh, do a two-parter in the middle of the season and then would use that same uh, alternate universe to um, send Rose to at the end so that she would be stuck there and wouldn't be able to to return and communicate with uh, the Doctor ever again. Ever. Ever. Ever again. Never, never again does she ever appear on the show. Um, so, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so that was the, that was the plan. Uh, he wanted to have alternate versions of, um, all of the, the, you know, sort of Doctor Who, uh, main, uh, supporting characters and, uh, decided to, um, at the same time, uh, use the 2002 Fifth Doctor, um, Big Finish audio story, Spare Parts, Ooh. written by Mark Platt as a source another source of inspiration um by uh, inventing the the cybermen in this story sh- sh- sort of showing their origin however he was uncomfortable with the idea of showing uh the original origin because he didn't want to um he didn't want to like change the uh, their first appearance in mm-hmm. uh, 10th planet so he didn't want to mess with that so he was like well this is a perfect opportunity to sort of adapt spare parts 
um, because we can do it. We can show the Cybermen origin, but it's not Earth One's Cybermen origin. It's Earth Two's Cybermen origin. So <laughs> it it sort of like gave him a loophole to do whatever he wanted, essentially. Um, and so that's what we have. We have uh, alternate universe Cybermen origin story uh, with this alternate cyber this alternate universe story, uh, and uh, it's. It's interesting because it it is very much a um you know sort of a like a like a big uh uh season finale like in the middle of the season uh which is really interesting cuz like a lot of a lot of stuff happens in this this episode mm-hmm. um these two episodes uh just like a lot of uh threads getting tied and uh you know pulled and you know there's stuff from Father's Day in this there's you know, the sort of the wrapping up of Mickey's uh, arc happens in this story for the most part. Um, and just like Rose has a lot to deal with and the doctor is uh, dealing with the way um, that, you know, he treats companions and how he has favorites and things. Uh, and so there's just like a lot of stuff sort of coming to a head in this story, which is, uh, I don't know, interesting, I suppose. Um, also, just like a, you know, like a little... Just like a fun thing uh, for those of you who um, maybe didn't realize, uh, this story is also a, a reunion of uh, father, son, uh, the Crouches. Um, oh, my God. We have Barty Crouch Holy and crap, Barty yeah. Crouch Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. In this, in this story. Uh, so it's a bit of a, a Goblet of Fire reunion um, in this. Oh, Scott's uh, favorite one. Two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what but, uh, really the movie no no it's not oh it's not. i was, I was, was being, being facetious i was yeah. about to like throw down some like <laughs> no 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 he's being facetious <laughs> okay uh, good the movie it's like one of the worst ones um, it is it is the worst one <laughs> <laughs> so uh but yeah so it's uh it is barty crouch senior and junior <laughs> in this story god nick was about to ruin our friendship <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh so yeah so that's happening and then the other important thing uh really important thing in this story is that it is directed by uh graham harper and this is his first uh new who episode uh that he directed having uh previously directed um classic doctor who stories uh such as most famously of course uh, the Caves of Androzani, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, arguably uh, the greatest episode of Doctor Who ever. Um, so, <laughs> so he directed the Caves of Androzani uh, as well as uh, Revelation of the Daleks and some others. And he had been wanting to get to direct an episode of the new show. Russell T wanted him, but his schedule just didn't uh, wasn't open for the first series, and uh, they decided to bring him on for this one because you know who who better to uh, direct uh, the episode with the first Cybermen and New Who uh, than you know a guy who uh, was around when they were around the first time. Um, so yeah, so Graham Harper uh, directed this one, and he would go on to direct uh, lots of episodes of uh, New Who uh, in the Russell T. Davies era, uh, specifically. But uh, yeah, so this was important for that, and uh, the first story, Rise of the Cybermen, the first part of this, actually um, holds the record for uh, second most 
viewed episode of Doctor Who ever. Oh, wow. Um, it was uh, sixth in the rankings for that week, uh, and it had only been uh, topped once before with uh, The Ark in Space, which reached uh, fifth huh. back in uh, Classic Who days. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's, of, that's this yeah, story. Heavy episode. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of stuff going on. I mean, nothing, nothing uh, you know, dramatic. But lots That's of pretty stuff dramatic stuff. Some more dramatic stuff happens yeah. in part two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I just mean behind the scenes. As well. Oh, sure. There's no ghosts. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, we'll never no top that. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. We'll never, we'll never top the ghosts. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, this, right off the bat, this story, um, I, you know, we, we start off Rise of the Cybermen and uh, – they get knocked out of uh, the the time vortex into an alternate universe and then the TARDIS dies. Like it's – again, it's like the most Russell T. Davies thing because he just – he doesn't care that he's just lying to everybody. <laughs> like he will just have the doctor be like, yeah, no, it's dead. There's no hope. It's It's dead. We'll never have a TARDIS again. We're here forever. <laughs> And it's like, no, you're not. Shut up. And he it's sells the hell out five. of it, though. Like he, he does. He does. Oh yeah, he really, he really feels. Yeah, you really sell the like the helplessness, um, the direness of it. Yeah, but it felt, it felt, it felt weird. It felt like a weird way to start it for me because like, I guess, I mean, this is not, it's not the episode's fault, but yeah, you do kind of know that that's not true, so it feels kind of cheap. Right. I mean, and that's a lot of the things that Russell does can kind of feel cheap. I mean the. I mean, perfect example, the cliffhanger to Rise of the Cybermen is cheap as hell. I mean, it's so cheap. Uh, they're like, D-lead, and then just like out of nowhere, Deus Ex, uh, Deus Ex uh, TARDIS thing. Um, he pulls that out and just zaps them all and is like, all right, we're done here. Let's go. And it's I just like, all right. The epitome of like the cheap Russell T era cliffhanger is the hand in the jar. Yep. That just, yep. Yeah. I'm so yep. angry about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, he's uh he's kind of a cheap writer, I'll be honest. Um when it comes to plotting stuff, uh he's he's a cheap writer. He's great with character stuff. Um, but when it comes to plot, he he does not mind going for the cheap shot. He does it all the time. I mean, like, to be fair, this show has like a long and storied career of ridiculous cliffhangers. So yeah, true, true. It's in tradition. That's yeah. <laughs> true. You know, it it just feels like he's playing such a different game than Moffat goes on to play in just a few years. And you know, I mean, we we assume because you know we've seen uh, Broadchurch, you know, but but you know, it, it, I yeah, it, it, cheap is not. I don't disagree with it, but I I find it. I kind of like it sometimes. And I, and I know I know and I know you you like a lot of. Russell T episodes as well, but yeah, it just seems to be going for like kind of a soap opera y campy pulp place that that the show very quickly goes past and becomes something else, like a fairy tale or something much more high high brow. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was kind of feeling that how this episode did feel like such a cliffhangery like a Saturday morning cartoon sometimes. Yeah, it was definitely a Saturday morning cartoon, uh for sure. Um, 
it was very uh, action packed. I mean, the end of this where the where the Cybermen falls into the pit of flames as the building yeah. is exploding. I mean, it's just so over the top and ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. We even um, get some uh, some some third doctor action of like a bunch of guys and machine guns rolling out and like mowing, mowing Cybermen down. True, true. Uh, one guy uh, I want I do want to give a, a special shout out to uh, Colin Spall, the 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 actor who plays uh, Mister Crane, the mm-hmm. the dude with the burger truck, because um, he's just real good. I've seen him in other things too, and he's just real good. Like he's real good at being. Like kind of sleazy and I I don't know. There's just something about his performance that I just really like a lot. Like I like to hate him. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's a monster. But like, like just a total sociopath. And I just <laughs> – I don't know. Like there's something that I really like about the way he played uh, Mr. Crane in this, in this, um, in this uh, episode. I feel like I've seen him – in other things as well, but I, I can't think of what they are. Um, well, uh, there great. there's one credit that you and Cassandra might know him from. He uh, actually appeared in 1985's Revelation of the Daleks. Oh, huh. okay. That's cool. All right. Fair There's enough. A lilt. That rings a bell. I do not remember that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he kind of reminds me of an evil Michael Caine. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I guess he doesn't do a lot of acting just in general. He only does like like one thing maybe a year. Hmm. Uh or maybe he's just slowed down considerably. I don't know. He doesn't have like a lot of credits, it looks like. Um He's busy. He's driving around capturing homeless people. <laughs> yeah. And a and a burger truck. It's true. It's very true. Um that was great. Uh, that was almost like chitty chitty bang bang like levels of just a good guy driving around in a truck collecting <laughs> folks. Right. <laughs> Come on in here. Get yourself a hot cup of tea and a blanket. You won't be turned into sausage or robots or what have you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. I think he's great. Um Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's good. He kind of reminds me of um uh, Wonka's assistant, who yeah. seems like the bad guy, Slugworth. Uh, or what's not his name? Slug. Well, you, yeah, you slug- think that he's Slug, yeah, 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 right. You think he's Slughorn, but he's he's really his assistant or whatever. But um, that's what he kind of reminds me of is that guy. Uh, that's good. Was 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 he in the Tim Burton version? That character? I think there was a like mention of Slugworth, but there definitely wasn't. I don't think there was a guy who was tempting the children w- with power. Oh. For selling out, uh, selling out, Mister Wonk. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a minute. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Um, it's Cybermen, uh, and it's sort of what they end up looking like for the, you know, until uh, until they're yeah. reinvented. I guess in you know uh, it, that Neil Gaiman episode. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's easy to forget because this was. I, I watched, you know, I watched this when it aired on, on Sci-Fi Network, like I did most of this, you know, when I was a kid. And I remember love being so excited by it and this being so definitively Doctor Who to me that I almost take for granted that this was at the time like a a grand reveal of this new design of Cybermen because to me this is what a Cyberman looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. 
Yeah, no, it was a big deal. And just like uh, Dalek in uh, season one, uh, you know, Russell T. Davies uh, stuck it halfway through the season as like a uh, as like a ratings pop in the middle of the season, um, assuming that you know numbers would have dipped uh, by then. And so then this will this the idea was that oh we'll put the Cybermen halfway through and then that'll pop up the ratings again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it worked. <laughs> it worked. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't love this as an origin for the Cybermen, uh, to be honest. I, I hate that, uh, the guy, uh, Barty Crouch Sr. is, uh, is like basically like not Davros. Yeah. He's like, like he's a just, discount Davros. Like, yeah, I, I hate that. I just, I hate that so much. Um, and I don't, I don't love that. And apparently, uh, one of the things that, um, Russell D. Davies was determined to change about the Cybermen was just like, it's stupid that they're silver. They're going to be made of steel now. <laughs> like that was something that he was very Were adamant they? about changing. I don't even remember that they're supposed to be silver. I thought it was just some weird alloy. Yeah, no, they're supposed to be made of silver apparently. Oh. Uh, yeah. I guess that makes yeah, their gold know. allergy funnier, but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that Christmas song, Silver and Gold, is like a horror song. <laughs> no. no! It's like a nightmare. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't love, I don't love this. Uh, John Lumick, is yeah, that his name? Yeah, Lumick. Uh, just not, a, not, not great. Um, the way that he plays this character is, he feels more like a Sarah Jane Adventures villain than a Doctor Who villain. Like, he's just so... Like like Nick put it, like Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. uh, about it, where it's just – you expect him to just be like, next time, gadget. Like it's just – I don't know. Like it's just not – it's not my favorite. I know. Thing. He needs like um, a long mustache to be like twirling the whole episode. Yeah. He would be – that would be a vast improvement. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I feel like you don't even need him. Like I feel like you don't need him. Uh, in this story, like if you just had the Cybermen make a deal with um, with uh, with uh, what's his face with uh, Mr. Crane and you just have mm-hmm. Mr. Crane going around rounding up, <laughs> rounding up homeless people and turning them into Cybermen. Like that's way creepier and better than having like Lex Luthor do it. Um, yeah. mm. I don't know. We want you to drive around in a hamburger truck collecting homeless people. I'll do whatever you like, Mister Cyber. I'll do it for free. I love collecting folks, gathering right. them up in me truck. Oh my god! Right. He's like uh, he's sort of like it reminds me of um, you know like uh, how uh, what's her face would drum up business for Sweeney Todd. Sure, oh, yeah, god. Mrs. Lovett. Mrs. Lovett's meat pies. Yeah, yeah. It's like Mrs. Lovett's drumming up business for for Sweeney Todd. No. Yeah. Step right in. Get yourself a haircut. Oh, we God. just need, shave. We just need the brain and the heart. We don't. They don't need anything else. Right. Where's all that meat going? Yeah, he's making meat pies and he's feeding it <laughs> to the homeless people. <laughs> feeding the homeless, the homeless. Oh no, yeah. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Craneway. Right. <laughs> you know that kind of has. Uh, I like that because it kind of has a Gilbert Candyman situation to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a, a a crazy person in a society making a pact with a metal man, or in this case, metal men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. 
Um, all of the stuff with Rose, like not getting it through her her thick head that these are not her parents, was really frustrating to watch. Uh, like I understand it would be weird, but like the fact that she like kept getting offended when they would do stuff. That she was like, that's not what my parents would do. Yeah, because they're not your parents, dumb-dumb. Like, it just <laughs> – I just kept, like, yelling at the TV, like, oh, my God. Um, She's also, like, what, 20? Like, I always yeah. forget that Rose is so young. Yeah, I think I the show does, too, a lot of the time. I know I did. I, I mean, I know, like, I know, like, going back now watching this, I'm always like, oh, wow, Rose was – the character was, like, super young. I don't, even, I don't know how young uh, – Billy Piper was right, but yeah, I don't know. It just just kept repeating. Like the doctor just kept saying, "They're not your parents. Sure, not your mother. <laughs> That's not your father." It's oh it, it's my unfor- god. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfortunate that RTD couldn't think of anything else for Rose to do in this episode in this story. Yeah, then like yeah, yeah. circle around that same landing spot. Mm. Yeah, like I like the thing with like the stuff with her dad is fine. Right, because her dad's her dad's dead. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and so like seeing him like walking around is uh, w- would be weird and and something you would have to deal with. But like the stuff with Jackie is what really bothered me. Where like she has that conversation with Jackie and then like says something that offends Jackie. And, you like, forget your off. place. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just like I I'm just like why are you even talking to her? Like. Don't talk to her. Like, she's not your mother. She chose not to have you. She's a different – she named the dog Rose. Um, <laughs> like, it just – come on. Um, yeah. And that's a great moment when, when 10 when – 10, I, I feel like that's, a, that's, that's something I always remember when I think about oh, this yeah. episode. There's a lot of really good 10 moments. Uh, uh, 10 uh, euthanizing that Cyberman was really good. Oh, um, the one that was, I just got married. Tell where's Daniel. You're like, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Help me. No. Um, <laughs> this is sad. Yeah, Ten gets really sad in this one. It's great. Uh, he's, yeah, yeah it's just, just, just vintage Echo, vintage Tenet. <laughs> yes. Ten, ten, ten monologuing, I think, is my favorite doctor to monologue. Yes. Um, like, when he was, like, monologuing at the cyber controller or cyber leader, and, oh, about people uh, and why yeah. we need pain, and it's what yeah. Makes us while also, human. while also like giving Mickey hints about like what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's some. That's my favorite stuff. That's, just that's like training, uh, man. That Shakespearean training. I, I like. I can think of um, like you know he just did that in in um, Girl in the Fireplace. He did that same move where he is like in a room with the bad guys, and he's just like explaining why. You know how great they are, but also how dumb they are, mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. I'm gonna fight you and defeat you. And then, but like he very much like you can tell the tenant is a stage actor because he just starts walking around while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just like owning um, the space. And, yeah, just sort of owning the space, and it just reminds me of every time he does that. I was like, oh man, his little uh, his little uh, post death pre regeneration monologue. That he does is very in character. I'm realizing. Yeah, it's sort of him realizing his his groove. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I like. I'm good at this. Yeah, soliloquies. That's what I do. <laughs> that's my thing. In <laughs> nine, it was shrugging and grinning. Uh, 
Next time it'll be, who knows what it'll be next Flailing. Time. Yeah, flailing. flailing. I would just like well, to thank everyone responsible for putting David Tennant in a tuxedo and glasses. That's uh, yes. that's some good stuff right there. Yes, I yeah. agree. Oh. And a very iconic 10 look, even though it's just in this episode. Yeah, yeah. with like the maybe, converse mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Titanic, isn't he wearing a tux? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's wearing the same, I think he's wearing the exact same outfit in Titanic. Bless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got one tux. I like mean, us. who has more than one tux? Right? That's yeah. all you need. Yeah. You I mean, you can rent multiple tuxes if you have if you have back-to-back events, but like you don't need to buy multiple tux. You just use have the one. <laughs> um I mean, come on. Yeah. Imagine you open up a closet, you're on a date, you see the guy's like three tuxes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm set um, for life, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, but it, it's great. He looks great running. It's just, yeah, I can just feel, I can almost f- go back and feel like uh, like 15, 16-year-old me just being like, I'm going to be watching this show for the rest of my life. Oh, Yeah. I also I also like, um, it's like once a season it happens uh, in the Russell T. Davies era. In in the first season, it was the joke with uh, with Toxic from Britney Spears playing on, on mm-hmm. New Earth. Um, or is it new? No, it's, uh, the mm-hmm. end of the world. End yeah. Of the world, yeah. Right. Uh, and, and then in this one, it's, uh, in the jungle playing with. Oh my God. Yeah. He's a psychopath. Yes. He is a psychopath. <laughs> I forgot about um, that. Yeah. yeah. That was a really effective, uh, moment of horror for me. Yeah. And then the third series, it's, uh, Scissor Sisters. Oh when, yes. Uh, Iconic. With the master. Yeah. Um, so, so he, so it gets better each time. Uh, we get a really good electric light orchestra needle drop in that one uh, episode right no that was a russell t episode that you're thinking of oh there was a russell t episode okay yeah that's later this season season two yeah yeah mr blue sky mr blue sky yeah uh it will i know it's been in doctor who it's been in uh it's been in uh, Guardians volume 2 uh but for me it will always be the song from Eternal Sunshine even though it's not in the movie but it's in the trailer and I will always remember it for that <laughs> Mr. Blue Sky totally yeah. Scott, uh Cass, what did Mr. Blue Sky remind you of <laughs> What's your, I don't know uh, that I have like I can't like sure. think of the song right now so I don't have like <laughs> oh. the cultural context I guess Oh yeah, it's the it's the opening song from Guardians Volume Two, the one that uh, Baby Groot is dancing to. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's so. Speaking of uh, cultural context, uh, one of the uh, the biggest parts of this episode is uh, you know the, the 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 concept of we as humans have taken to uh, wearing these little bud pod things <laughs> in inside both of our ears, uh, thus making us susceptible. Naked, even to the uh, to the threat of uh, cyber control. Mm-hmm. So, how, how did that how did that bit of uh, satire of social commentary make you guys feel personally? Uh, uh, it 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 made me want to put on a Bluetooth headset and give Russell T Davies the finger. <laughs> um, like, I I it's so stupid. It's just like it just it feels like an old man complaining about about. This thing that he doesn't understand. Yeah, newfangled tech. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hate it. 
I, I really do. I think it's stupid. I think it kind of uh, – it reminds me of Stephen Moffat's knack for taking um, ordinary objects and making them scary. But yeah. I feel like Stephen Moffat does it from a place of less political satire. <laughs> yeah, it's more from like, oh, we why do we all hate looking behind us? That's interesting. Yeah, what if yeah. there was a monster that <laughs> – but yeah, with um, this, it's more like phones. Kids <laughs> yeah. these days. And it's just like, it, it. it's really frustrating too because it's like, well, you're complaining about like how stupid people look with Bluetooth headsets and like that's not what they do. Like apparently what you think the Bluetooth headsets do are not what they actually do. <laughs> like they're just used for phone calls, man. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, you don't, yeah, they don't, don't get the news from a Bluetooth head- headset. Like what are you doing? No. Yeah. See, now he's made me the old man who takes his fist at the sky. And kind of similar to what we were talking about with the long game, it, it kind of just circles the sink. It never really goes in to yeah. well, why do we do this? Why are we so hungry for the next thing? It, yeah, it just kind of surface level, like, oh look at us. Look at uh, look at these two thousands idiots and their and their <laughs> earbuds and their Bluetooths. I think it's right. it's fu- it feels like one of those really tired like smartphone commentary things, but smartphones yes. weren't even a thing at the time. Yes. So right. it's kind of weird in that way, but I guess timely in quotation marks, but those are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's dumb. It's not good. I uh I will say Probably my favorite thing in this is uh, the way they defeat the Cybermen, which is that they return their emotions to them. And then they all Uh, explode. Like, what? And they all just, they just all scream in existential horror. It's horrible. And, and might I add, might I add, we brought up earlier uh, the doctor, you know, uh, mercy killing a Cyberwoman because it was like, oh, dad, you're my wedding. Like, I can't deal with this. So (laughs) we just saw firsthand how much pain a Cyberman can feel. And then the solution is flip the switch. We'll make them all feel to death and they'll just explode from the misery of their new existence. <laughs> and that moment, honestly, honestly, hard say relatable. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, but the way that it's handled in the episode, uh, like people high five, yeah, people are hug. People are hugging. Like we did it. We did it. Another fun adventure had. And meanwhile, the cyber like, no, I had a son, and they're just like exploding. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I just found it impossible to enjoy this time because I just found myself, my heart were going out to these poor people <laughs> that were yeah. exploding. It was such a weird way to solve the problem. Do it, but then. Have the doctor be super emo about it. Yeah. Like, you know, he he was, be. though. He did. He went up yeah, to one of them he and was. he was like, I am so sorry. It was the only way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, as long as you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But no, I thought I, I thought the way, I don't know. I thought there was some weird moments in that, that scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dark. Um, dark Russell T. Yeah. And then Mickey stays behind on Earth, too. Yeah, to say with his, his gram. Remember me, yeah. gram. You don't love me. None of you love me. I'm just a little toy dog. Here, gram. <laughs> yeah. uh, that that was Mickey for most of the episode. But I, we were talking about how I I, I do I will you know the difference between Mickey and and you know Gunk for brains. I can't even remember his name. Uh, 
uh, Ricky? You know, the guy from the long game. Oh. Rick, uh, no, no, no. no the, oh, the, oh, the, oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Yeah. And yeah, like, I, I you, your heart, I do, maybe it's, it's Noel Clark's performance, but, you know, I, I always find myself sympathizing with Mickey in, in this episode and, like, rooting for him, you know, by, by the end of it. Yeah. I guess, um, they uh the they made a couple of changes uh to his character um in this uh in this story because originally uh the plan was that it was going to be more ambiguous as to which character died oh and which God. one right, was no. alive yeah like, like it, it was going to be yeah right it was going to be a thing where uh one of them was going to die and they're like you know like well which which one was it and like it was going to literally be like the Noel Clark character which is going to be like I mean doesn't matter like this this world needs me so which I'm is, staying you know which is funny because in the ep- again credit to Noel Clark Ricky and Mickey very different people mm-hmm. yeah yeah very much so I think probably that's why it was cut because oh cuz he was like he's too good <laughs> Yeah, or or they were just, like maybe Noel Clark was like I don't know how to play it so that they're different but close <laughs> enough. Like, yeah, it's, like what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's confusing. Uh, the other thing that was changed uh, was that originally um, uh, Mickey was going to find out that Ricky uh, was actually in a relationship with Jake. Oh yeah, see, I was reading that undertone this time. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's nice. interesting. Oh. Apparently the references to that were were cut out of the, the final episode. Um, oh. But oh. that was uh, that was the original plan. And then I was watching it this time after reading that. And I was just like, man, this is so much sadder now. Because like poor Jake was like in love with Ricky. Yeah. And now he's stuck with this idiot who looks just like him but isn't gay. Like isn't interested in him. And just – is like, hey, let's go do all these things together. And just like, uh, yeah, sure. The guy who looks and sounds yeah. exactly like the guy that I was just hey, in love with. Hey, look, mate. I know I look like Ricky, but I'm not, right? I'm my own person. Treat me like my own person. Like, all right, <laughs> oh fine, God. cool, great. It's so much more depressing. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Poor Jake. Yeah, poor Jake. That would have been interesting. He tried to, I, he tried yeah. to save that poor homeless guy, but... Mm-hmm. He just that homeless guy. I mean, he was he was just. He I know what is the line? Wimpy. He's like, I'm so hungry. And he just, he, yeah, he's like he's basically like wimpy from Popeye. He's just like, <laughs> no, I need that hamburger. Um, Tuesday, Tuesdays, Tuesday. I'll pay you Tuesday. <laughs> Always oh. Tuesday. Anyway, um. Yeah, so I don't I don't love this one. I I think my biggest disappointment with my biggest disappointment with this one is like I don't I, it's basically twofold cuz one I don't I do not like this origin for Cybermen. Um I think it's boring. Uh and I don't think it says anything interesting about bluetooth technology or whatever the <laughs> hell they're trying to do. Uh I I don't so I don't like that. Um and uh, the allegory just isn't taken far enough for me, I think, for it to really work. Mm. Uh, so I don't like that. And then the other part that I don't like is, like, we're in an alternate universe. Like, man, own it. Like, that's my favorite part about Inferno is it's so different. Right. It's like, oh, look, and there's this, Zeppelins. Like, I love yeah. a good Zeppelin, but, like, I don't know. That's, it's not enough. Like, I want yeah, it, it to be more different. And it ends up having so little to do with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Like right. the fact that there's zeppelins, 
And it's right. such like a fun, it's such a great visual that, yeah, you're like, wait, why do you even, right. he's brought, added so much to the budget. Like, make Yeah, it the only your... thing, the only thing that it does is that, uh, they, they escape on a Zeppelin and, and cut that Cyberman off of a Zeppelin. Right. No! Yeah, we get that great. <laughs> it's over, great Anakin, explosion. I have the high ground. No! Yeah. <laughs> literally falls into the flames <laughs> and then the whole building explodes so good it's so like after already the fire the building is on fire and then the fire explodes oh, like it has man, it's like so cheesy action movie i love that stuff oh, man. god it was like it was like the beginning of cliffhanger or something <laughs> um it's just so weird uh anyway so that's uh that's the story. It's whatever. I don't know. I I also feel like it doesn't I don't think it earns its two-parter status. Yeah, it like, felt like I, I, it felt super long, like needlessly yeah. long. Padded, there's a lot very of, padded. Yeah. There's a lot of plot that they have to get through, but yeah. there's a but a lot of it feels again kind of like rows like circling in place. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um yeah, no, I don't I, I, I think that uh this needed another another draft and it needed to be turned into a single parter. Um and I think it would have been better. Or I mean the thing that I, I love about the Stephen Moffat era two parters is that each part was very distinctive. Mm-hmm. Uh like he's very good at that, of like making it feel like part of a whole but also like giving each episode it's like an individual flavor. Yeah, sometimes as simple as part one is above the ground, part two is underground. But like, right, it was, oh, it, it was enough. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Um, and I, I, and I feel like um, Russell never really did that, and and it, it, you can feel it in this story. Um, it just goes on and on forever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I will say on my end, closing thoughts or whatever. Um, sure. I I am I am <clears throat> I'm conscious of how critical I have been about Cybermen on the on this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of Cybermen episode that I that I love or sure. look forward to watching again. So I I am I think it's worth saying that you know going back and watching these two, I I I, I do remember thinking like oh this is actually kind of for me a Cybermen story that I enjoy or i think they're really effective here i think there's a lot of creepy heartbreaking horrifying mm-hmm. cyberman moments in this and i'm like oh this is why they're such a good villain that's fair yeah uh but i will say i think it's i think everything that's done good here is done better in the finale mm. of season two very true yeah god that's um, so weird they are in the finale yeah is that yeah. A weird you <laughs> are cyberman better at dying Dallas. <laughs> yeah, the the, the well, yeah, like possibly the greatest moment in the history of the show. Um, yeah, the weird rap just, battle they have. Yeah, <laughs> my god, I can't wait. Um, anyway, so that's uh, Rise of Cybermen: Age of Steel. Um, man, kind of uh, kind of for- prophesizing the every sequel to every franchise being either a rise of or an age of. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, we will be back to wrap up the sixth season of The Long Way Around with Amy's Choice. Yeah.